to Wrestling Recommendations, episode 56. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... The uh, not-shit-in-his-pants Travis Lasseter right now. So, <laughs> hey, we're we good. Just... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Man, you're going to kill me today. I got this cough, I cannot shake it. Son of a bit. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, that sounds nice. 32 degrees outside. Might as well drink a Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. Celebrate mm-hmm. uh, Wrestle Rock Rumble, or uh, sorry, uh, was it Wrestle, Wrestle Rant Rumble? Rumble? We'll talk about that later on. Uh, this week, Travis, we are on an NXT trek, and this is kind of cool because this match actually takes place right as NXT 2.0 is ending. It takes place right after that. Uh, it's about a month after they changed back just to NXT, which we're going to talk about. But this match features Axiom. Which I thought it was Axiom, but it's Axiom versus Nathan Fraser from NXT TV, October eleventh, twenty twenty two. This is match number three of their best of three series. Yeah, a little over a year ago, um, I remember watching this series. And I was like, "We're gonna add this match to the list," and uh, it did not disappoint. I mean, these two guys—they uh, know each other pretty well, it seems. So, and especially over these three matches, they. Uh, the story gets told in this match that uh, we'll discuss, but um, it's very good, very high octane action. So it's definitely worthy of being on the list. I and not it. a super long match either. So no, it's like it's like the perfect. It's a perfect TV match. It makes like the best sense. So I'm wondering, roll right on into it, Travis. Axiom is actually Carlos Ruiz, who was born May 9th, nineteen ninety seven. Travis. We're fucking old. I was we nine years old, old when he was born. I have it in my notes when we get to the aftermath. And I say we are old. But he was born in 1997. Ruiz would make his professional wrestling debut in 2012 and would begin to work multiple international promotions. He would compete on the American and European independent circuits, most notably Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Progress Wrestling, Chikara, Rev Pro, WXW, which we talked a lot about last week, Defiant Wrestling, and White Wolf Wrestling, Triple W. We're going to talk about them a little bit because uh, I added some matches from White Wolf Wrestling, Triple W, and um, they're pretty easy and accessible to find, so I'm excited about that. While working for Triple W, Ruiz would face off with the likes of Ricochet, British Strong Style, Will Ospreay, and Zack Sabre Jr. Speaking of the matches I've added... Uh, two of the matches I did add, one was against Will Ospreay in 2019, and the other is against Zack Sabre Jr. from 2018. In his match with Zack Sabre Jr., Ruiz became the youngest wrestler to ever compete in a singles match, rated five stars by that cuck Dave Meltzer. Fuck Dave Meltzer. I agree. Fuck you, Dave. My boss at work agrees. <laughs> A-Kid 
would make his WWE debut in a tag team match on April 20th, 2019, where he was defeated by Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang during a set of NXT UK tapings. On October 17th, 2019, it was announced that A-Kid signed with the WWE for the NXT UK brand. He made his singles debut on October 31st, 2019, Halloween, against Cassius Ono. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Who uh, was featured on the podcast in a very early episode uh, with Claudio Castagnoli in uh, the Kings of Wrestling versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Alumni of the podcast. Yeah. That's good. It's a good match. Go back and go back and watch that one. Go back and listen to that episode. On November 26, 2020, A-Kid became the first ever NXT UK Heritage Cup champion, defeating Trent Seven in the finals of the tournament. The Heritage Cup, it is uh, kind of a round-based championship. It's kind of like the grand title that Impact had, but better executed. Well, and it's like... It's not actual belt, so it's kind of like the Briscoe was that Briscoe medal they had in Florida Championship Wrestling, kind of mm-hmm. too. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, yeah, Noam Dar's got like a stranglehold on that that cup these days in my and you know in today's times, but it's still a fixture on NXT as we you know as we know it now. I dig it. It's something different. It's a. Uh, I can't remember which promotion it was. Uh, I know it was one of the UK promotions. It might have been Progress. I could be wrong. But where they had uh, the tag titles were not titles; they were shields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure which company that was. I can't remember on. that, but that's pretty cool. I like stuff that's a little bit different, um, just because I feel like everything's so cookie cutter. That's not. So I dug it. On the May 20th, 2021 episode of NXT UK, A Kid dropped the Heritage Cup to Tyler Bate. On the October 14th episode, A Kid faced Ela Dragunov for the NXT United Kingdom Championship, but was defeated. That match is also on our list. I kind of went on a rampage and added a ton of NXT UK matches because I feel like it's a brand that both of us haven't really dove real deep into. There's a few matches we know about, but I want to, like you said in the past, kind of go back and start from the beginning and watch the entire run of the NXT UK brand. Yeah, I... We missed a lot of stuff on that just because it's kind of a wrestling overload. And then it came on at like three o'clock in the afternoon on the network when it came on. And then I'd for honestly, I'd forget about it because the same day I believe was NXT day. So I'd just start watching NXT and forget to watch NXT UK. I know we watched a couple of episodes with Brandon and I usually watch their specials, but I didn't watch the weekly uh, episodes with, uh, you know, in succession i'd catch one here and there well that's when like you had nxt raw smackdown and then you also had crew the 205 Live. Live. so there was just so much shit to try to watch and then you had guys popping up on main event and things like that it was really really hard to keep up with um so you know we some of these kind of slipped through the cracks so i'm really excited to potentially go back and check out some of these matches in july 2022 A-Kid was repackaged as a superhero masked wrestler named Axiom and was moved to NXT. He made his debut on the July 19th episode of NXT 2.0 by defeating Dante Shin. Most notably, in September 22, Axiom would be entered into a best-of-three series with his competitor on tonight's match, Nathan Fraser. Nathan Fraser! 
Benjamin Timms was born on July 23rd, 1998, Travis. 98. Oh, <laughs> I'm even older because of him now. <sighs> it's 10 years old. 98, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> I am almost exactly 10 years older than him, uh, just off by like six days. Uh, Benjamin was trained by Seth Rollins and Merrick Brave at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. Tim's made his professional wrestling debut in 2018 under the name Benjamin Carter. I talked about the first time I met Ben at the end of our last episode uh, where we did a show called Turf Wars um, with a show called Bandit Wrestling that ran out in Knoxville uh, at the D1 Sports Facility. And we did this big show. We had a lot of people there. Um, like we mentioned, you know, he Glenn Jacobs was there. Um, Glenn's kind of a cuck on his political views. Um, so kind of go fuck yourself. But regardless of all of that, not political on this podcast, Ben would show up and I got introduced to him. Great kid, had a great personality, great sense of humor, got along with us, joked and bullshitted with us. He worked that battle royal. And when we had a show that a couple of months later, he was one of the first guys that we thought of that we wanted to get on it. So that took place in February of 2018. However, I want to say this was, he had some prior training because he didn't go to black and brave until after this. So he had some, uh, some prior training. Um, it's funny how when he first introduced himself, we misheard him that his name was Benjamin Carson, which is hilarious to think about now because every time we announced him or made a graphic for him, it said Benjamin Carson. Not one time did he correct us and say it was Benjamin Carter. Maybe he was just kayfabe and it, brother. Like, oh, they already got a Benjamin Carter. They're just uh, changing my name for me. It was funny. I just think it's kind of funny. Um, so that was in February. He would go on to compete on our King's Ransom show that took place in April 2018. And a 12-man tag match was not supposed to be a 12-man. It was a 10-man. I got pushed up. Uh, it was a spot fest. But we did not forget about him. I kept wanting to book him. Um, sometimes it's hard to get a lot of guys on the show, especially guys that we have, you know, programs going on with so um following that we would see him when we did our joint show with impact wrestling in august 2018 the uncivil war uh where he was selling his own merch in the crowd he came and hung out yeah. and he was selling his own <laughs> merch in the crowd i admired the hustle like i said um there's another guy Jaden newman that wrestled uh for us slightly uh he's you know kind of known in this area um he's a younger guy too great great worker um, but they both showed up, and he was doing that as well. Um, but we never got a really chance to kind of book him. Of course, he would go on to be, you know, we talked about trained by the uh, Black and Brave Wrestling Academy with Seth Rollins. Um, then we would actually book him to take on Suge D in March of 2020 for a show we were planning to do in Virginia called NGW's Excellent Adventure. However, a few days prior to that, we would go on to a national lockdown with COVID. So we had to scrap the show, and we never got to book Ben again. So it was kind of uh, depressing. Um, we waited to the umph hour to try to run the show, and then everyone was like, we're not wrestling on this show either, and we're like, well, we're not, we don't expect anybody to. And then we went on lockdown. It was crazy. Um, I really want to talk about it one day and kind of break down lockdown and everything for us because I feel like we never really talked about it. Uh, we would begin to see rumblings of Ben's star rise as he would show up on AEW Dark in September 2020 taking on Ricky Starks. He would go on to also have matches with Lee Johnson and Scorpio Sky. Then he would also have a match in October 2020 against Chris Saban on Impact's Explosion. 
After his match with Scorpio Sky, he was trending on Twitter and began to raise some attention within those in AEW, which began talk that both AEW and WWE were setting their sights on Ben to sign him. It was revealed later, though, that WWE had already offered him a contract before doing the matches at AEW. So he actually did himself even more favors by getting over in AEW just to sign with WWE. Yep. He made a, he made he showed them that he could get over there, so uh, that he was more valuable to them if they could get him. I think that was pretty cool. I remember seeing him on there, like, oh shit, and he started trending. It was pretty cool. On December seventeenth, twenty twenty, WWE announced that they had signed Benjamin Timms. He was then assigned to NXT UK, where on the episode January seventh, twenty twenty one, he would make his debut under his ring name Ben Carter facing Jordan Devlin for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship in a losing effort. Carter was then repackaged as Nathan Fraser on March 11th, 2021. He would become a staple of the NXT UK brand during this time. On March 3rd, 2022, Fraser fought his last match for the brand in a United Kingdom Championship match, losing to Dragunov. This match is on our list. As you can tell, I'm a big fan of Dragunov's work. Yeah, as... uh. Me, you, and Brandon both are. I mean, all three of us are. Sold. Like, I remember we wa- we watched a special, or we watched the matches after we recorded a podcast with Brandon of just Walter and Dragonoff like going at it, and that was like we just watched it because Dragonoff's the fucking man. So, and that match is on our list too. <laughs> yep, I'm fucking a fan. On April 12, twenty twenty two, it was announced that Fraser would make his NXT debut at Spring Breakin. On May 3rd, he debuted by defeating Grayson Waller. On the August 2nd episode of NXT 2.0, Fraser responded to Carmelo Hayes' open challenge for the NXT North American Championship in a losing effort. The following month, Axiom and Fraser would be entered into a feud and a best-of-three series with the winner receiving the final spot in the five-way ladder match for the North American Championship at NXT Halloween Havoc. Originally, Travis, I have to say, I don't think there was ever a end game for what the best of three was for. And then on right before the third match, they added that stipulation that it was going to be for a spot in the ladder match. Yeah, I think originally it was just kind of for like bragging rights between the two because Axiom had just debuted as well. So like it was two new guys trying to prove themselves kind of thing. And then they threw this in at the last minute to uh, to make it a little bit mean a little bit more. Yeah. So let's talk about NXT 2.0 really quick, Travis. Dave Shearer and Mike Johnson of Pro Wrestling Insider reported that there have been internal talks of major changes to the NXT brand in September of 2021, such as a new logo, new lighting, a focus on younger talents, and a different format to the TV shows. A plethora of the talent was either released brought up or they, I mean, or just you never really heard from him again. I, uh, Roderick strong was one of those guys that you just kind of stopped hearing about. Um, yeah. so the black and gold brand was essentially done. They lost the Wednesday night wars to AEW uh, in the ratings wars. So Vince McMahon pretty much pulled the plug on the black and gold brand. Um, and along, you know, around that same time, triple H began having his health issues. So triple H pretty much didn't have a hand in what was going on. There was a lot of talk that Vince and Bruce Pritchard were over it. That was why everything was kind of changing. Um, then we kind of just never really heard anything else about it. And NXT 2.0 would essentially go on for a year. 
Meltzer reported that after having lost the ratings war, as I was saying with AEW, NXT would likely go back to their developmental roots with talent that are younger, bigger, and that could someday main event WrestleMania. Fuck you, Dave. WWE President Nick Khan confirmed that NXT would undergo a complete revamp overseen by Triple H. However, due to undergoing heart surgery in September, Triple H stepped away from NXT with Shawn Michaels stepping in to oversee the changes. In September 2022, a year later, Michael's role was made permanent with his job title confirmed as Senior Vice President of Talent Development Creative. What a fucking title. Responsible for both creative and development at NXT. Man, this I can remember this whole time just kind of being like it being like a little sad because I never expected NXT really to beat AEW in the ratings. And it wasn't because of NXT being a third brand, but you look at what AEW had at the time. They had main event WWE stars, Moxley, Jericho, bringing in Omega, the Young Bucks, these guys that are main event talents everywhere they've been in the world. And Cody Rhodes, too, at the time. I mean, so NXT was not getting the WWE main roster people on their show. So, to me, I didn't feel like AEW was ever expected to win that war. And and I felt like when Triple H had his health problems, Vince McMahon just used that as a chance to do a coup and, and redo it in his image uh, because Triple H had built it up and everybody loved it and it wasn't a Vince McMahon thing. Um, and, and just going to say this out you know, right now, 2.0 sucked. A lot of what they did was not good. There's not many 2.0 matches on our list and it's because they went all the way back to like squash matches and like stuff didn't make sense and it was bullshit angles and it it wasn't what we loved from nxt and i think it was unfair for them to go to be thought of that they were going to beat AEW when AEW had main roster wwe talent on their show every week essentially i mean i just didn't see it as really that much of a battle or why people thought that AEW wouldn't win that battle. Yeah. I think a lot of it, it was Vince was mad that it wasn't necessarily something that he came up with. And you, I just feel like that's, that, that's just his personality. Um, however, when you kind of break it down a little bit, 2.0 there, there's quite a few people that came out of it in a, no. in a positive sense. You got Braun breaker, dude, dude, scream star. Um, the women's division yeah. started to pick up a little bit. A lot of these women, uh, Roxanne Perez, um, Gigi Dolan, and um, JC, is it JC Jane? JC um, Jane. Had, Mandy Rose went on her run. <clears throat> Mandy too. Rose went on a huge run, and she, I mean, she kind of fucked herself and all that. But I mean, we'll talk about that another day. Um, but the Creed brothers, who just had a great match on Raw, uh, Ivy Nile. I mean, you, got, you started seeing some of these people, uh, Carmelo Hayes, especially. That's got a big one that pops in my head. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Shawn Michaels' dude. It's been very obvious that that's Shawn's dude. And even, um, what the hell is it? Tony D'Angelo, dude, got over. Is it Chase yep. U, Andre Chase? Chase U. They, they, they got over. So I look at it as like it was a it was a slow build because it was all new. But kind of in a sense, it was it kind of was a success when you think about it. Grayson Waller. Yeah, and then you had your, you had your some, some failed experiment, experiments in there like Quincy Elliott. And, yeah, uh, there's a few. There's a, there's, a, there's a couple other ones that just didn't 
like what there's another there was an odyssey jones like he got drafted to raw and you ne- yeah ha- i've never heard anything from him since he got drafted to raw um and then Dijak's back you know started back there again when it was you know 2.0 so uh there's some good in there but like far as match quality it was nowhere near the black and gold brand uh for what well for no what because a lot of the on. guys a lot of guys that were in the black and gold brand when you consider the black and gold brand they were already polished fucking wrestlers a lot of these guys they were not polished yet and now you're starting to see they're starting to become polished wrestlers it's just a matter of time for for carmelo hayes and braun breaker on the main roster i think i bet you braun debuts in the rumble this year yeah and i i can honestly say the turning point for 2.0 is when they shut down nxt uk and combine those two rosters absolutely bring in like a, a dragon off and a tyler Bate. And a Noam Dar, and even these two guys here, um, the match quality had to go up because those guys were polished. I mean, they were the black and gold of, you know, the UK. So combining those two, even Miko Satamora coming in and having her little run there for a while. Yeah. I mean, it it had to, you know, had to turn around or those guys were either going to leave or not because I couldn't see Dragunov being on the 2.0 that it was. I mean, now he's the champion, and he's putting on bangers with Carmelo, Carmelo okay, Hayes, rules. and and Dragon and uh, Dijak as well. So, um, yeah, it, that's the turning point is when they combine those two brands and make them a little bit more polished again. So, at the conclusion of the September thirteenth, twenty twenty two edition of the show, which was the one year anniversary, the brand returned to the original NXT branding, revealing a revised version of the two logo in white with added gold accents and removing the 2.0. So it was a year-long experiment. We just kind of broke down. There was a lot of stuff that happened. Um, I've been a fan. NXT, is, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's not, it's not what it was, you know, 2017, 2018, but there's some fun stuff on there. Definitely the women's division has been very impressive to me lately. A lot of those women have been hurt, like Nikita Lyons and uh, is it Sol Rock, Roca, is that her name? She's fantastic as well. Yep. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Blair Davenport, people like that. There's some good ones on there. Yeah, Gigi Dolan, uh, Blair Davenport, Thea Hale, uh, even JC Jane. You know, they've started doing the turn with Thea Hale. They've got a solid women's division, and and you got people like Roxanne Perez. I mean, still there. So they've got a solid base. And and then uh, what's her name? Lyra Valkyrie. I want to say oh, her name yeah. is the new NXT champion. She just had a great match with Becky Lynch at a uh, Halloween Havoc last week. So, you know, the future's bright Fucking for those women. Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton as mm-hmm. well. I'm uh, sold on her. Completely sold. It's just a matter of time before she gets oh, yeah. called up, too. It's, it's just a matter of time. Oh, yeah. So, Travis, let's talk about the show in this match. This episode of NXT took place on October 11th, 2022. Braun Breaker defeated Javier Bernal. Nathan Fraser and Axiom would take place in the the match number three of their best of three series. Uh, Indy Hartwell defeated Valentina Faroz. This one got me. So Idris Enof and Malik Blade defeated the Dyad, which was Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler, which was the Grizzled Young Veterans. Never should have happened. And Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs in a triple threat match to become the number one contenders to the NXT Championships. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, I kind of dig it. Um, they're kind of like a modern version of the Smoking Guns. Yeah, and they or Caden uh, Murdoch. Yeah, they have Fallon Henley with them too. Um, 
I can't. I think. I think uh, the other two guys that you said they they may have a tag team name now. Can't remember, but they were just in like this little four way or something not oh, too long were, ago. They were in like that was it like a tag turmoil or some shit like that. Yeah, I think it was something like that that they just did recently. <laughs> but you look at that man. The grizzle. If they did just let the grizzled young vets be the grizzled young vets, I feel like they would have dominated the tag team scene. Them and. Them and the Creeds, they had a great little feud, but oh, if yes. you just left them the grizzled young vets, I think it would have been better than what it was. Yeah. We'd get Alba Fire defeating JC Jane with Gigi Dolan. This is when Alba Fire is making her run towards uh, Mandy Rose. So she's going through um, toxic attraction right now. Wesley defeated Channing Lorenzo. Yep. Stacks. That, isn't that? That's Stacks. He's also a, a guy who uh, was trained at uh, Dr. Tom's school in Knoxville. So uh, that's kind of cool. To, and when I saw him pop up, I was like, I know that guy. Uh, Kiana James defeated Thea Hell. Uh, fun fact, Thea Hell and Nathan Fraser are dating. I did not know that. Good for him. I did not either. Good, good, yeah, that is a good job. Good job on his part. I think she's only like 20, 21 or something. She may, uh, they, they talk about it all the time. I think this is also the debut of Booker T on commentary as it well. It is. It is. I yeah. fucking hate him. I hate him on commentary. <laughs> Booker T, you were great in WCW. I will always uh, commend you for your television championship run, um, but you fucking suck on commentary. I just cannot stand you. Sorry. Well, well he even mentions it in this match that he's like, I haven't been around for the other two matches. Debut him after, <laughs> after this shit then. Don't debut him during this best of three. As bad. And then Dragonov would uh, defeat Grayson Waller. Um, right now they were, they were building up to Braun Breaker, Dragonov, and Jordan Devlin. Going at it. This is where they changed the name to JD McDonough. JD McDonough. Or maybe they already did do it. They may have already done I it. I think they may have already done it. Grayson Waller, though, he's over, man. Around this I time. like him. Uh, I I did not like him when I first saw him, and then I realized he's doing his fucking job, and I'm not supposed to like him. So like I I I worked myself into a shoot. Brother. <laughs> You worked Brother. yourself into a shoot, did a shoot, did a work, work, shoot, whatever Hogan said that time. I got worked into a shoot, brother. So, Travis, before we roll into this match, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world, with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows. Hello, Wrestling Recommendations listeners. My name is Brian, one half of the Wrestling Purists podcast, alongside my tag team partner and best friend, Jeff. We are the Wrestling Purists, two guys who share a love for the sport of professional wrestling and have been podcasting since 2020. Our flagship series, The Retro Review, is where we take a show from the past, bring it to the present, and cover it through the lens of a wrestling purist. We also have Pure Talk, an interview series where we welcome talent to the pod to talk all things professional wrestling. We can't talk about our pod and not mention The Shoot, a series where we get together with our good friends, Eddie and Travis, from right here at Wrestling Recommendations and shoot on whatever needs to be shot on. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and all social media outlets at WPPod1. All direct links and more are available at our website, linktree.com slash WPPod1. Come give us a listen as we give a pure take on professional wrestling. And we are back, guys. Travis, so if people want to watch along this match, they can go to Peacock, search NXT Season 16, Episode 41. You can start around the 12-minute, 35-second mark. That's right as the match starts. However, we are going to watch it commercial-free, whether it's picture-in-picture, but it's essentially commercial-free. Thanks to Travis finding some stuff. And we also mirrored the image that way, maybe WWE doesn't copyright block us like they did last week. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. Yeah, we're, we're gonna try something different. If you see, if you guys are watching along, you'll you'll notice that everything's kind of flipped. But we're trying to see if it'll not get us copyright strict copyright stricken, written stricken. I don't know how to fucking say it. But uh, yeah, the version I downloaded is actually from the the USA Network broadcast. So you have picture in picture, which is weird to me that. Peacock slash WWE Network doesn't have it with just like it blank playing there. So I don't know. They have the footage. Just pull the picture and picture out. I feel like it'd be that easy, but they edit out the commercials. Yeah. So if you are going to watch along with us, we are actually going to start right as Axiom is coming out because uh, his entrance is pretty cool and I like it. So I figured we'd start right there. Travis, are you ready, my friend? Fuck yeah. Alrighty, guys, we're going to say three, two, one, play. Fuck you, Eric. Look at that entrance. It's fucking cool. <laughs> I like the entrance. I think it's pretty cool the way that they do it. Like a little slow motion stuff and like the speed up. Like it, it steals from Morris, kind of like Morrison stuff, but in a different way. And it, oh, it's yeah. a unique feel for, for his character. So def- definitely like it. Definitely into it. Man, I got to tell you, uh, it's almost a shame that they put a, ma- a mask on this guy because A-Kid, uh, Carlos, um, he is not a bad-looking dude whatsoever. Yeah, I think I think they're just trying to spice him spice him up a little bit because, I mean, this way he kind of sticks out. He doesn't get lost in that shuffle. So, And, and then again, it may be something he, he had thought up. Um, this is also around the time they're trying to do, like, the script stuff and things, and that, that just didn't work. But th- this to me has worked. I-, I feel like he's he's very very much uh, an integral part of NXT today. He's always on the show or has a spot. So, right, and he's had bangers. There's a couple of matches later on. I know that they had. Uh, he uh, we'll talk about later. He's involved in that Iron Survivor Challenge match, and that match is actually pretty cool. I thought it was going to be kind of a, a shitty concept, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I also like the fact that uh, Nathan Fraser gets his like some actual theme music with words like a lot of the music now is just like tones and you know just instrumentals but his actually has some uh words and stuff to it yeah i I will say too as he's making nathan's making his way to the ring um his gear is almost seth rollins-esque if you Mm -hmm. think about it um and i like it and they they mentioned that a lot they're like yeah he was trained by seth rollins um fun fact when you see him hit the ropes he hits the ropes like seth rollins does identical It is weird seeing it in reverse a little bit, though. Now that now yeah, we're yeah. rewatching it, it's throwing me off a little bit. Um, but man, uh, the the bell rings, and I, 
I don't think I had ever watched this match until I, w- I watched it back for the podcast because I know you mentioned it. And I just never got around to watching it. This match is fucking really good. Yeah, and it was just I remember reading about the first two matches. And I was like, I'm gonna take make take some time and actually watch this. So I remember telling you, I was like, yeah, we need to add this. It's really good. These these two guys are gonna be something for NXT, and and uh, I I think they both will be. I mean, Nathan. Nathan just had a match against Dominic at the Halloween Havoc night too, which I didn't get a chance to watch yet, but uh, it's got to be pretty good. I mean, they're putting him in there with Dominic Mysterio, so they're trying to trying to get eyes on him. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Nice, nice fucking headlock. Uh, both guys just have marketability, like, screaming across them. Like, Nathan Fraser is a good-looking dude. It's really cool to me – to see the same kid that I, you know, we were ribbing really hard at a show in fucking 2018 doing such big things. The way he attacks the ropes is fucking awesome. Yeah. And both oh, of I them too. Love that. that, that flapjack counter there. I mean, it, this match is very much uh, is counters because they're oh, putting yeah. over the fact that they've had these two matches leading up to this and they know each other so well, they're trying to, counter their moves to get an advantage like right there they both do the drop kick nip up and it's fucking great look at this look at the people in the background standing up like 2.0 didn't get a lot of people standing up clapping and stuff like this is good shit yeah and uh it's cool too because like you were talking about you know like this is the their third match they've kind of felt each other out and oh look at how fucking smooth that was jesus oh miss that insecurity that was a badass look at Insecurity too. And it just they they feed off each other very well. Like I said, uh, I the way that, that they attack the ropes is fucking you don't see it and it makes it feel like they're really using it for as much momentum as they can possibly get. I fucking love it. Like I, I have nothing bad to say about well, this. It's it's something I, I'll say about this too, is it's two baby faces wrestling each other for respect and, and a shot at the you know North American Championship, and neither one of them turns or does anything hillish in this match. They both maintain their babyface status. Like, there's no turn, anything. So it's just a good damn match. Like, there's no shenanigans in it to, to uh, cause any uh, dissension or anything between the two. This yeah, is I great like right it. here, too. Kicks his leg out. Little things, damn it, little things. Yeah, they make it make sense, and this is more of a, this is more of a cruiserweight style match. And I, I told you like when I was rewatching. Oh, oh, great reversal! And it's like you said, it's the little things, and he works over the arm right here, and he's about to go to the top rope. Well, and everything's just it's smooth. It's they're just moving. I mean, it's. Everything makes sense, but they're they're constantly moving. There's no rest spots. There's nothing like that. It's just a match of these two guys trying to get one up on one another, and it's oh tremendous. That yeah, spot scared me. Countered the Hurricane Rana. Counters the Hurricane Rana by dropping him like at legs and uh, thigh first on the top turnbuckle, and it's something I had never really ever seen before. And here we go. We get the picture in picture now. This is what I did not get to see when I first watched uh, this. I, you know, this whole part, this whole bit right here is cut out. So you didn't even get to see any of this. Um, but like I was telling you, like this whole match was giving me WCW Ooh. cruiserweight vibes. Great soccer kick. And I loved it. It made it feel like 
you know, it was Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis. It's Rey Mysterio versus Hoovy, or you know, it, it kind of, that's the kind of vibe I got from this, and I loved it. Yeah, and just you know, we talked about you talked about earlier with what these guys have done, but them versus a Ricochet or them versus a Carmelo Hayes and stuff like that. You could see how their styles would work with each other, like very fast paced, very athletic, um, you know, high flying. So these guys can definitely get in there and go and super kick right there to the face. And I love the, love the urgency to cover him too. And, and, you know, clinch the leg. So that's, it's like I said, man, the little shit that you don't see in every match. You know, something that's kind of funny here is the picture in picture. It still has the NXT 2.0 logo. I just realized that. Yeah. With all the damn uh, splatter paint. Oh yeah. It's like a, Looks like freaking uh, Teletubbies got murdered on your screen. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm saying that's what it looks like. It is wild that these two guys, they started this best of three while it was still 2.0. And now it's, you know, just normal NXT now. Uh, it, it, like I said, it's almost like a whirlwind, like we were talking about earlier, that it was only a year. And, you know, I want to hate on it so bad, but so much like wheels are spinning so much more because of what happened in 2.0. Yeah. A lot of good came out of it. Looking back on it at the time, I think we just looked at it as they took away the black and gold brand, the thing that we, we loved. Uh, and, and we got to admit the black and gold brand had kind of been on a little bit of a downturn. They're coming out of the pandemic era, things like that. Maybe they're trying to do something new, give it a refresh, but I took it kind of personally that they took, took NXT away from us. And I think that's why I didn't watch 2.0 to begin with, because I was just so pissed off that this is the thing that I loved that, that we got us back into watching wrestling every week almost. And they took it away and killed it. And I, I did take that personally a little bit. Essentially NXT. I mean, it started becoming a bigger thing in, you know, in 2012, just not the, the fucking game show, but when, you know, I'd say 2014 NXT to 2021 NXT. That's a that's a seven year run that got me invested. I was so invested in this brand that, like you said, I was almost offended that when they they went to 2.0, I was like, "Fuck them!" They took they took the one fucking thing that I love, and they fucking ruined it. Well, and that, that's how I felt, and I, that's why it was everybody's like, "Oh, it's because they lost to AEW," and I was like. I mean, you got to look at it like how I discussed it earlier. I mean, they, I never expected them to win with the stars that AEW had. I mean, those guys on NXT, granted, they were stars, but they weren't as big a stars as those guys were. So, like Chris Jericho and a John Mox are going to bring in your more casual fan than, than Adam Cole and people like that. And I just felt like it was unfair to punish NXT for losing a war that – I mean, essentially, they were set up to lose by going head-to-head with a brand-new, fresh brand that everybody wanted to see what was going to do. There's that move again. Oh, Jesus. And they replayed oh, the super kick. Just super the sale job. And everything. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Look at this. That is so fucking cool. I can't recall seeing that. That no, is so it, awesome. Bridges out of it, then grabs his boots and Fuck! that. That was great too. Like you don't see this kind of stuff, man. You might see it in an AEW or something, but these guys are making it make sense in a story. 
storytelling aspect, the reversing everything. Like that move's probably been done in the other two matches, and he knew it, so he dived through and threw him back. So it's it's very fast paced, but it all makes sense. The like precision, the precision of fucking doing that, jumping between his fucking legs and to throw him back, it's impressive, man. You oh, you can see why there's a uh, a bright future for Axiom too. Like people still think he's going to be a bigger deal in a and in, in NXT right now than he currently is, but you can see why. He uh, hit him with a fisherman suplex, and he says, "Was that suplex perfect enough?" And it popped me. That's what they said on commentary. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little uh, little thing for me. As much as I hate Booker T on commentary, I like Vic Joseph on commentary. Vic Joseph is, is great. He is really damn good. <clears throat> and I think that comes from calling, you know, with Nigel McGinnis. Oh, AJ Styles kind of move. And then he hits a... a uh, Out of the Hurricane. Uh, what's that? Final Out of the Hurricane, final cut kind of thing. Um, yeah, but it comes from calling matches with Morrow and Nigel and people like that. And then he was on 205 Live, so he was very used to call, calling serious stuff and calling the moves where Booker T's there, shucky ducky, quack quacking. Yeah, he's there for color, that's what he's there for. Commentary, <laughs> not, to, yeah. not to come off as re- <laughs> that's one of those kind of people. He hit the oh my god, he waited that was on it, too. amazing. He fucking, it was almost a Christopher Nowinski kind of deal here. And I'm, he's going to go up here, and it's going to be almost like he's going for a Phoenix Splash is what he's setting up for. Oh, and he gets him in a fucking triangle choke here. It's amazing. That drop kick was beautiful because he waited for him to beat the count and timed it as he got back in the ring to drop kick him. It was really good. The only thing oh, Booker T adds, adds to this match is he could talk about a best of five series. They don't mention the best of seven with Benoit, but they mention the best of five with, with Cena. Cena. They do. Yeah. For the U S title, which uh, kind of sucked. Did, didn't Orton win the final match for him? Cause he was hurt. Yeah. Booker T got hurt. So they had to substitute Orton in. So that's the only bad thing about that, that best of five, but who better else to put in there in Orton? I mean, him and Cena had undeniable chemistry, but this is yeah. just so fucking oh, fluid. Jesus. So, he, so Travis, go ahead. I was just saying, like, that even the sell job of him hitting the apron there and stuff was just amazing. Oh, my look God. Look at that. He made that look effortless. He jumps up, squats, does the moonsault. Just fucking tremendous, man. You know, there, there's someone out there going, they didn't fucking sell the moves. Like, well, this is supposed to be a fast-paced cruiserweight match. There's a place in time for everything. It's going to be the Seth Rollins-esque suplex. Yep. All of oh, that fucking transition to a rear naked choke. Jesus fucking great. They're just so smooth together, man. Well, the thing about it, they want to talk about the sell job there. Axiom threw Frazier back in the ring. So then he immediately is already standing up. So it made sense. It's not like he didn't sell anything. And then he rebounds off the ropes there. Just, just fucking good, man. <laughs> that looked like Seth Rollins' old taunt. Oh, in NXT, oh, when he was the headbanger, they—that's uh, the only spot I can kind of say that he—he—they almost like he goes for some kicks and he misses them. They're like way off the mark. That's the only thing. That's the only complaint I have in this whole match is that little bit. Other than that, everything is perfect. What do you think, Travis CageMat.net users rated this match out of ten? Man, I, I'm gonna I, just for me liking the match, and I feel like 
with a newer age audience watching this is that's kind of what it's catering to. I'm going to go an 8.25. Dude, fuck, dude. 8.28 out of 10. You were like Damn. spot on. A bit was, close. Two weeks in a row, man. Yeah, yeah. a bit pretty close. Uh, and I don't look say, at cage match. I fucking don't. <laughs> Many say it was one of the best match. It was the best match of their three. And it was one of the best matches of NXT in 2022. So look at that. Oh, it's so cool. That's such a fucking sweet backslide. I fucking loved it. Both of the, the shoulders the arms down. And flip. Oh, super kick. Super kick. Rebound. Oh, that fucking knee. Oh, shit. Look at the crowd. Look at them. I love, I love like my reaction because, like, what I'm showing you right now is what it was like when I first watched this match. And it's so great. And he's just, they keep reversing everything. Oh, he's, he's going to try to catch him. Is he going to catch him? One, two, three. Fucking caught him. Fucking fantastic. Yep. Just got caught. Right in a wrestling maneuver. Oh, it's great. Really quick, Travis, Lene's Mountie Mark of the Week, Mizzle Assault Ant, wrote oh God. five out of ten. This match was very ambitious, but honestly, I felt a bit disappointed. Some of the moves were trying so hard to be innovative that they ceased to make sense. What was that weird falling off the top rope in the corner move? They replayed it, and I still couldn't tell who was supposed to get hurt or how. Definitely fast-paced, but less cutesy. Better fundamentals would be more appealing to me, and that's from a guy who likes these two. Okay. Um, let me just go ahead here. Uh, they had submissions and stuff in there. The fundamentals were fucking great. There wasn't a botch in this damn match. Like, I don't understand why he's talking about the fundamentals weren't there. Um, and the top rope move was obviously meant to be a reversal to Frazier trying to do a... Fr Frankenstein or Hurricane run off the top rope. Axiom just drops out the bottom and drops him ass and leg first on the rope to to ricochet him off. So there, I explained it to you, Mizzleant. So uh, get your head out of your ass. But uh, I don't <laughs> I don't get what he's talking about. The fundamentals weren't there. He beat him with a wrestling move at the end. He countered a sunset sunset flip and got the win. So um, I don't agree that the fundamentals were off in this match. I, I feel like this is a phenomenal damn match. And a great TV match at that. Like, yes, they could have done more with more time and on a bigger stage, like a special or a two-hour-long show, where you know it they could do more. But I felt I felt like this is a perfect match for for what they were trying to accomplish here. I agree. Uh, I think it was uh, just a fantastic matchup. Um, what what would you give this match out of a ten? Man, I'm gonna um I'm probably gonna shoot for the stars here. I'm gonna go nine point five, dude. I really like this match. I, I I don't feel like there's too many things bad you could say about it. They try a lot of things to grab that crowd. The crowd's invested. Um, maybe like you said, the only thing that I could critique is those kicks where he misses kind of by a mile, but you could say that Axiom saw him coming and he got out of the way. Maybe he didn't need to do the second kick, but Man, the ref didn't take away from the match. The commentary was good. I mean, Booker T wasn't terrible, but Vic Joseph definitely carries that team. But I could see why these two guys were being showcased against each other and why they were there to kind of pull people in. And be like, hey, these guys are going to be the future of NXT eventually because they stole the damn show, man. There's nothing else on this show that matches up to what these guys did. I agree with that. Uh, I'd give it uh, an eight and a half. The only reason I'm giving it eight and a half is because I would have liked to see to see, have seen a more definitive finish. 
Instead no. of just like, you know, them struggling for the pin, I get why they did it. I would have much rather have seen a big move uh end it for um Axiom and, and then Frazier walking out with the with the defiant win. But I mean, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to showcase these guys and it keeps Axiom strong later on. So I understand why they did that, but in my it would I would I would give it a higher rating if it had a bigger finish. Match pace was perfect. Uh, the selling was perfect. Um, they were onto their spots. Next, other than that, little the weird little kicks. That's my only critique. Um, but I would not rate this a five out of ten at all. I'd say an eight point five for me. No, not, uh, middle of the road nine. If you take our average, we're good nine, eight point five, nine, nine and a half. It's it's definitely uh, up there. So I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed this match. I do think it's probably one of the best matches of the two era because uh, they still showing two Logos on the commercial break, so I'm still going to say this is a 2.0 match. Yeah, when I originally when I was originally talking about this, I thought it was 2.0, but it was like almost like a blur. I couldn't remember where it started and where it ended, and I had to like look it up and say, "Oh, it was September 2021." Okay, oh, it was September 22 when it ended. I'm like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, all <laughs> it right, seemed man, longer. It seemed it, longer. It, felt, than it, it was. felt longer. It really did. So, Travis, the aftermath, not very much we got going on here because this match is only a year old and these guys are still competing. Uh, Fraser would go on to the ladder match uh, but would fail to win the North American Championship. Axiom would become a staple of NXT, having a short feud with Carmelo Hayes, and he would be involved with the first Iron Survivor Challenge, which is a fun match. I think we may have added that to the podcast. I could be wrong, though. Um, but definitely seek it out. I thought it was fun. The women have a really good one too. I liked it as well. Um, yeah. It was a, it it worked out well. It's like an Iron Man match along with a championship scramble. Uh, so it's kind of and King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. Yeah, yeah. It has the 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 cage for the King of the Mountain, like the shark cage they use there. I dig it. Check it out. Like I said, fun fact though, Travis. Um, Axiom is twenty six years old. Nathan is twenty five years old. We fucking old. I know. I'm officially 10 years older than uh, Axiom and 11 older than Fraser. So fuck you guys for being young and youthful. It is fucking crazy. And these guys hopefully have a huge career ahead of them. Uh, I love it. I love the Cruiserweight style of this match. It was a fun match to watch. I'm glad we got the the cusp of the end of the NXT 2.0 as we were talking about, you know, pretty much the beginning of NXT UK in the last episode. So it was a nice little tie-in how the wheel fell so travis it's that time of the show speaking of the wheel where we go to the wheel of destiny guys if you're new to the podcast this is how we pick our match for next week we have our ongoing list of matches that we think are pretty kick-ass that are pretty cool our wrestling recommendations what we do is we take all those matches that we have on our list and we put them into a randomizer the wheel of destiny and we spin it whatever it lands on that's the match we cover travis these matches start i thought it was 77 i've been saying it for fucking ever but it's from 1978 is our Mm. first match and this goes all the way to pretty much just a few weeks ago now uh but it covers pretty much every organization you can think of uh wwf wwe wcw nwa uh, TNA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, NXT, NXT UK. There's uh, some independent shows on there, like Ring of Honor, uh, shows like uh, that Triple W uh, that I was talking about earlier. 
West Side Extreme Wrestling that we've added some more of these UK matches from NGW. We talked about on this episode with Nathan Fraser being a part of our show. Uh, so it's kind of a good mixed bag. There's a little bit of everything for everybody. Uh, Travis, what do you think we're getting this week? I am going to go. I'm going uh, between 90 and 95 WCW. Seems to be a sweet spot for the pod. I fucking love that time period. Um, man, DDP Savage. I'm still hoping for it. I really want to cover it. Um, I'm really excited about it. Travis. We have 320 matches on the pod right now. Oh man, saying we we the more you go down a rabbit hole, the more you'll find like you found with these independent promotions. Be- so we'll keep adding, spin this. adding and adding. Uh, I was explaining, I, I started at a, a a new, I still work for the same company, just a new branch of where I, where I was working. And I was explaining how our podcast worked. And I said, it's pretty cool because, you know, once you start doing research on you know, the match that we're covering, I go down this rabbit hole, like you were just saying, and I end up finding like five or six matches. I'm like, oh, I like the people in that match. This is getting some high praise. I really want to check this match out. So I add it to the list. And that's why we're up to 320 fucking matches. Yeah, it's it's wild, and there's no way anybody in the world can watch all the wrestling that is happening or has happened. So, even if you get to just watch it in a like a in just like one little bundle of something happening, it, it's cool to figure that out and see all these different promotions from around the world. So that's kind of why we we started this podcast and continue to do it. Yeah. So we're going to spin the wheel, guys. Uh, this is 100% shoot. It's real. Uh, we spin the wheel, and once it pops up, I always show Travis, so I'm not like, oh, this is the match we're covering. So let's spin the wheel and make the deal, baby. Come on, Savage and Paige, baby. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, spin make the, wheel, the deal. Make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. And it's stopping. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Oh no! TNA. Oh, okay. It's very topic worthy because TNA is coming coming back. So this is a rematch to a very infamous match. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Is it? Is it Joe and Kurt Angle? It is Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels from Turning Point two thousand nine. Okay, yeah, because this is when Joe's champion, right? I believe so. Maybe. Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, hmm. uh, actually, I think AJ is champion because the this is turning point, I believe, is in December of 2009. I could be oh, wrong. And this is right yep. before they AJ turns heel and uh, we get Hogan. He's going to check That's out true. his Google Could, machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna make sure here, but yeah, you're right because it's uh, what well, Genesis 2010 is when uh dumbass Hogan shows up and pretty much ruins DNA. Yeah, it's uh AJ's champion because he just won it at uh Bound for Glory, I'm pretty sure. Now, this one took place in November, so uh, then we'd get December, which is final resolution, and then that would roll right into the Hogan era. Yeah, Sting, uh, AJ defeated Sting, defended the belt at Bound for Glory. Uh, and that, since that was the first time Sting had lost at Bound for Glory, I believe it was. So AJ I was believe so. moving on. 
And then this is right before AJ becomes fucking Ric Flair Jr. Too. Oh, so. it's so fucking bad. He's so bad. I hate at, that they Ric did Flair. that. So bad. Trust me, I, we, we started covering uh, TNA 2010 on uh, the Wrestling Purist podcast, and we stopped after like three pay-per-views because we were like, this shit is terrible. We got into lockdown, and it was like their second highest rated episode, though. It was, it was lockdown 2010. Oh, well, the cool thing about this is this match is available on Impact Wrestling. YouTube channel, of course, um, Impact Plus. We we are members of, so we have that as well. Um, but I'm really excited about this one. This is right before, like we said, like right before the the Hogan era kind of screwed this all up. And um, I'm really excited. I mean, I love the three of these guys. Uh, there's no way that they could touch their Unbreakable match. Um, but this is yep. going to be a fun one to cover. I love us. I love some TNA. T- TNA is good. Um, that sweet spot of like late 05 to right around 09 is when TNA is in its prime to me. Anything after Hogan era is bad. And then even when they try to rebrand is impact and then they're global and then they're GFD, you know, GW. There was just so much going on between like 2010 to 2013. It, it really, really tainted TNA uh, up until like maybe this last year, year and a half or so they've, they've started turning that corner and, getting buzzed back about actually being good and not being like TNA LOL stuff. So there's a lot of amazing wrestlers. Josh Alexander is fucking fantastic. I love the motor city machine machine guns. I like, uh, Ace Austin who's wrestled for us before he was on that turf war show that we talked about as well. And, um, is it Chris Bay? I like them as well. Um, I like the rascals. I like Zach Wentz and I like Trey McGill also wrestled for us. I enjoy those guys. Um, they they got a lot of fun stuff going on. I like um, Jonathan Gresham. I like uh, their women's division's pretty good. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yep, they're they're definitely uh, uh, under the radar still a little bit, but there is a l- tons and tons of quality action happening right now at Impact slash TNA, and I would suggest a lot of people uh, check it out. And uh, you you would be pleasantly surprised. It is not the Impact of 2015 16 tell you that no it's fun to watch uh last match that we've added to the podcast is osprey versus uh speedball bailey man so uh and i watched that match it was pretty damn good yeah, yeah really quick too well, I, I, I know i know i've really good i know i've mentioned this but like 100 like i'm all in on this will osprey is probably the best wrestler in the fucking world right now and that's like not me trying to be a mark um but like to see the dude's progression as he's game like this fucking awesome heel he's like a, a dickhead heel and his move set is one of the coolest to fucking watch dude has so much upside it's fucking disgusting to me how much upside this guy has um he's come a long dude, way from his matches with ricochet that's all i'm saying I was, I was about to say if he just imagine if he signs with wwe ricochet's there so what could they do now with what they know after their classic matches they had in the, the mid 2000 teens, you know, and that Here's everything the thing, they know man. to it now. So Osprey could sign and, and like he, he would have, there's made feuds already in WWE with his heel 
with him being a heel, I mean, you obviously Seth Rollins is kind of the big one, but I mean, there are so many guys, him and Kevin Owens, him and Sami Zayn, like they're just guys, boom, 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 boom. Cody, him and Cody, fucking boom, 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 same, man. Like it, there's a, it's a lot of exciting stuff that could potentially happen. Will it happen? Probably not, but I, I would like to dream and think it would. Uh, but I digress. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see it as well. I, I, I don't really want to see him sign with AEW, but that'll probably be the route that happens. I agree. I agree. Travis, what you got for me, man? Uh, nothing much, man. Just still selling stuff over there on uh, eBay at TGL The Man 12. So trying to get stuff put up there. Um, working on that daily, just taking pictures and putting stuff up. Uh, shout out to the guys at the Rest of Purist. I actually record their podcast tomorrow night for Halloween Havoc 1998. Uh, that is a shit-tastic journey. Just let me tell you that. Uh, not a great show. Um, also, shout out to the guys at uh, Bleeding John on uh, the X slash Twitter. Um, uh, John Moxley did not bleed tonight on Dynamite. Uh, thanks to those guys for letting us know. Uh, but he laid down an open challenge to Orange Cassidy at full gear, so he's probably going to bleed like hell at that. So. Just uh, be on the lookout. Moxley's back from a concussion. That that X slash Twitter is going to fire up again. Uh, those guys are good brothers over there. So, you know, just uh, keep paying attention to that. And uh, we just did a podcast with uh, Rants for the Black Lodge with our good friend uh, Brandon A. Lene from Canada A. Called the uh, Wrestle Rant Rumble, where we do Rumble. we took sixteen of the uh, sixteen of the top wrestlers that ever hold a major world title and put them in a tournament, and we broke it down each round and moved down from the sweet 16 to the elite eight, to the final four, to the terrific two in the championship. So uh, it's very, it was very fun to to do that and, and talk about some of these guys that we hold in such high regard. And uh, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to do that again another time down the road, but it is uh, that that's pretty much it for me, man. I, I am uh, tapped out. Yeah, guys, so definitely check Wrestling Recommendations out on the Facebook and on the Tiggy Talk at Wrestling Recommendations. Follow our watch, do our watch along as long as WWE doesn't continue to fuck us. Um, and um, on our Facebook page, watch the match along with us. Hopefully, this mirrored, uh, if you do watch along with us, helps out a little bit. Uh, but we drop those on Saturdays at usually typically 10 a.m. Um, my daughter starts uh, basketball this week. Her jamboree is starts at one on Saturday. So I'm going to be rolling in from softball right on into, uh, basketball. So I, I love basketball. It's inside. I love basketball so much. Watch my daughter play is like one of my favorite things to do. Um, so I'm going to be busy doing that. Uh, NGW, of course, guys, you get the chance to check out all of our shows on the high TV or high spots TV app. Um, that's nine 99 in the B is, um, but Travis, until next week, we get to watch us some TNA. I'm really excited. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels for the TNA Championship. I am Eddie, and this is Travis, and we will see you then.